Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I am here with Tiffany Souter. She is the CEO of Element 3, a full-service marketing consultancy in Indianapolis. After taking over in 2006, she transformed the company from a small creative shop into one of the fastest-growing marketing consultancies in the Midwest. She has a whole lot of a list of accolades um, herself, as well as her company and her team. Um, and I'm also very impressed. She's also a fellow podcaster with her podcast, Scared Confident. And all of this will be in the show notes and her bio and everything. But wanted to kind of get right into the nitty gritty. But also outside the office, she spends her time with her husband, her four daughters, runs half marathons, and is practicing for, you know, Food Day Network calls to cast her on shop. So, Tiffany, thank you for being on the show. Thanks, Sean. So we were just talking in the green room here how um, it's wintertime. Uh, it's cold. <laughs> it's like, I think, between 1 and 9 degrees. I think we were trying to figure that one out. Um, and also, it, it's availability for, you know, you know, we're still going through COVID stuff. We're still going through a lot of things. And there's been a lot of changes, a lot of changes with brands, agencies, you know, customer experiences. And as a CEO of a consultancy, you know, how do leaders work to build their brands? I think that's just kind of the first question right off the bat. Yeah, thank you, Sean. Um, you know, I think for anybody, well, for anyone who's alive right now, this has definitely been, I think, a time of just assessing what's important and taking stock of what's, you know, kind of going on in your lives. But for leaders in particular, it's been a time where leading with, Certainty in a very uncertain environment um, has really been a challenge. And so, you know, I think through this period of time, as we talk about, you know, leaders and brands, one of the things that I have found that can be a constant, even in a very volatile environment, is your values. And making sure that as leaders, we're really clear on what it is we really believe. And these moments, I think, really test our resolve. For those values, um, it seems in times of like plenty that it can be easy to um, choose truth, that it can be easy to choose empathy, that it can be easier to choose kindness, it can be easier to choose integrity. But when things really begin to get challenging and sometimes the truth of the matter is not what everybody wants it to be, I think our values can be tested. Um, and I think these seasons can be really refining moments for leaders. I think in particular, as we're being asked to lead in almost every environment, what is probably at minimum a hybrid environment where we have some people in office or some remote, that making sure that as, as leaders we're really vulnerable and we understand the frequency of communication has to be more often when there's more uncertainty which feels like a sort of the wrong relationship. As a leader, you want to be able to speak and address people when you're really sure <laughs> and, and when you're almost always unsure because there's so much uncertainty, it can, you can almost accidentally hide. And so, I don't know, I guess, I guess in my own journey over these last couple of years, those are the things I've really anchored to is what is my what are my values and how do I step into those really clearly so that the organization feels those even more acutely in this time of change and uncertainty and the other pieces how do I be sure I'm frequent in my communication even if my communication is simply 
I don't know yet, but here's what I do know. And here's what, here are the sort of ideas that are forming. And these are possibilities we could go down um, so that there's not this vacuum of silence that begins to get filled in with other people's assumptions and maybe a, a lesser amount of information than I have. That's, that's a wonderful growth mindset. It's not a scarcity. You are, you know, you're breaking down barriers in the sense of if employees just don't know what's kind of going on, you're explaining like, this is what I is what I'm seeing. This is where I'm feeling like we should be going. Um, it's almost just, um, I mean, I'll reference the Colts in, the, in, a, in, a, in a way that it's like um, how Frank Reich, you know, coaches. You ever seen him coach? He's a very player's coach. And I almost see that with your company is how you talk about things out in the sphere in the sense of you're very much um, an employee's leader in the sense that you're like, hey, this is, um, this is what I'm thinking. How do, we, how, do we fix, how do we figure this out? And so it's not, it's a, it's a top down, but it's also bottom up. And I really like that. I really like that approach where you, you, you're seeing a lot of companies who are not doing as well. It's very much a, a bottom down and they're not getting the consensus of what's going on, especially with consumers or customers or employees of actually what's going on in the trenches. And so, you know, next question here, kind of rolling into this is, you know, what are customers looking for from brands now? Well, I think it's the same as we look for in employers. I think it's the same as we look for in relationships. I think we're in a place where there's so much transparency through things like reviews and, you know, just social media and um, employees just being so connected in, in ways that we don't have, quote unquote, control over as employers. But I think what people want is authenticity. Um, they want, and it goes back to what I think I started with, they want to know that the company they're spending money with, the company they're spending their time with, the company they're associating with has values that align to their own. They want to know that the leader is in fact living out what it is that they're talking about. They want to see alignment in that. I think that's another way that transparency comes to be. And I think at the end of the day, there, we have such access plenty as it relates to products that we're looking for values to really be what helps us sort what it is that we buy. We almost don't like do features and benefit analysis anymore. Like I I'll use the category of like performance athletic wear, like, holy crap. You know, we, we don't actually know which material wicks sweat better. Like they all really work well. And part of the way that we choose it is, you know, for me, it's like, when they use really diverse sizes of women in their advertising, I, I that speaks to my heart. I, you know, I, 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 that is something I want to be associated with. So I don't know if those yoga pants work better or worse. I don't probably, I don't care. And I don't really have the ability to be able to compare, you know, the fabrics, which is technically what they're trying to market to me is really about the association that I have with, the brand and the values that I see are coming through in the way that they're being marketed. And it's easy to see in a consumer, you know, products um, company like tennis shoes or yoga pants, but even those of us who are selling very, you know, hardcore B2B products, like we sell marketing, it's not a consumer product. I, I believe that if there are leaders who want to build brands that have transparency, 
and they don't see that we're willing to live that as an agency, how could we possibly know how to help them build an authentic and transparent brand if we are not first trying hard to be intentional about that ourselves? And so um, I like to believe, I've not ever heard uh, me as a leader being explained as like, an, you know, sort of like a player's coach. And, um, but I like that. Uh, if I got to choose some words, I would try to choose those. And, and I think part of my style comes from my own preference and that I hate being told what to do. It's part of, you know, the curse of being a leader from a really young age. I just hate it. And so I'm slow to tell people what to do without first helping them understand how I arrived at that decision. And if we have a shared understanding, we don't both have to like it where we're going or what's being decided. But if we, if we have a shared understanding I found that almost 100% of the time we can figure out how to move forward together. And so when you respect somebody else's intellectual capacity and saying like, it's not just because I'm the boss or because I understand numbers or because I you know, can try to read the economic tea leaves, it's my job to make sure I can communicate what it is I see in the world to the people who are following me so that they understand how I'm interpreting it, what it is that's going on, and they can align and make much better decisions if they understand why we're going that way. So to me, it really, and you know, spoke earlier about my podcast that I launched in early 2021. Um, it was about me stepping even harder into this idea of how do you live vulnerability? And how do we not always talk about things in the past, but being willing to share things that we're going through like right now before there is the like happy ending with a pretty bow and like you know they rode off into the sunset in a picture of perfection that that version of a war story I think is helpful to people it's inspiring but being willing to kind of show the open wound in the moment um I was really pushing myself to that next level of growth because I think you'll learn even more when you're willing to step out in the moment where you're broken or so to speak, you know, when the, when the, when the um, situation hasn't resolved itself completely yet. And so I wanted to test that theory and the podcast was part of that. You hit upon something in the sense of, I think in Western society, we're very much like outcome driven, very much like high dopamine. We need to get this done. We need to get the results. We need to grow. We need to hit quarterly stuff. But then we tend to forget um, all the stuff that is the foundational pieces in the sense that how can we work with one another? What are the things that we need to, in, in order to pivot? How do we adapt to things? It's, it's a human experience. I think you, you lay, you're laying it out in the sense this is the human experience. It's not perfect. It's not, you know, spreadsheets, charts, growth charts, hockey stick curves. It, it'll get there, but there needs to be a sense of growth and learning. Um, and so I love that in the sense that, and I love how you're approaching things in the sense that you hate, you know, being told what to do. I think a lot of people uh, feel the same way, but sometimes when they're not vulnerable, they enact and they push that on other people when they don't, then themselves don't want to. And I really like that your vulnerability shows us that it opens up where you're not assuming things, you're being open-minded and you're helping people lead by, if you're not wanting to be told what to do, how are they, you know, how do you enact a leadership where um, you are learning as much from them as they are learning from you. And so I really like that. 
So uh, no more grilling questions here. Um, I, this is the, the part of the episode where you can share your story. If there's something personally, professionally, whatever that may be, to kind of talk about, you know, your own experiences with customer experience, you know, brands, you know, what people are looking for. If there is something that is um, just comes to mind in the sense of, I really want to share this. I think this is a value um, to the listeners out there. Well, that is a very broad question, Sean. Um, I can, I guess, skip through maybe a little bit just my uh, 41 years old. Um, and so I'm about 20 years into my professional career, which is a, a really satisfying place to be. I'm really enjoying it. I feel like I've amassed enough um, experience to be able to have some good judgment um, and great relationships and opportunities but yet still a lot of, you know, gas in the tank and a lot of excitement for what it is that's ahead. So I'm really enjoying this stage in life. I'm a small town kid. Um, I grew up in a small town in Indiana. There were like 70 people in my graduating class in high school. And the question I've always asked the world kind of subconsciously in my mind is, um, can I win the pond I'm in? <laughs> Um, and so your comment about, you know, our Western society being very achievement oriented is very much woven into my DNA as a person. Um, and there are ways that serves me very well. And as you mentioned, there are ways that that um, can certainly become a sharp edge in life if you don't figure out how to govern it well, um, so that you don't get burnt out and frankly burn out the people who live life around you, because it can be a very harried pace that uh, people like me enjoy. So, yeah, I, I grew up in a small town. I went to Purdue. Um, I thought my dad is a businessman. He's very entrepreneurial. He's, he's never worked for somebody else a day in his life. And so that kind of gives a temperature for just the risk that I grew up around. Um, this idea of trying things, of, of experiences not necessarily being judged by their outcomes um, was a big part of my, like the environment that I grew up in. And so I think that really set kind of set the table for me as I started thinking about my career. Um, I had a, um, I would say a very, a naive view of big business. I, you know, I really, I was, I, in college, I wanted to work for a great big company. I felt like that was going to be where things really happened for me. And I had an amazing experience at Lilly just out of college. It was such a great learning experience for me. But I, I also realized that um, those environments move slowly for re for good reason, <laughs> you know. Like uh, I I don't say that in a way that is um, takes any way away from it. You don't want uh, some of those environments to move really quickly. But my own need for experimentation, and I think just getting access to the data more quickly about whether or not my decisions were good or bad, I found I'm a I'm a small business person, and I liked the idea of being able to tinker things, of being able to change things, of being able to ship my ideas, of being more on the ground floor um, with some of those pieces. And so um, at a really young age, at 25, I bought a small agency that today is Element 3. And so the last 17 years um, have really been a process, I would say, of learning life through the laboratory of business. I feel so refined. I mean, I still have so much work to do, but just the discovery of my talents and understanding of leadership, communication, conflict management, relationship, um, 
how to help people grow, how to have the long view of things, how to not allow your reactions to determine, you know, your um, perspective on things along, like all of those pieces of just refining who I was as a young, ambitious, excited person into, I think, what is a more mature, settled um, version of myself. Business has really been the laboratory that's refined that for me. And so part of the reason I keep kind of putting myself back in hot water with things like growing and investing and stretching myself into launching the podcast, I ended up purchasing the company that um, produces the podcast and learning that business a little bit. I have somebody very capable who runs the day to day, but part of the reason I keep, you know, essentially putting myself in hot water, I I just love the growth that comes from uncertainty. Um, It's, it's how I learn is by doing while I take in audio books and I certainly have lots of mentors, not till I ship it and feel it and see it does my like body really remember it. (laughs) So, um, it really has been a journey of that, of, of refining the, the talents and intuition that I feel like God packed in me when I was born and using business as a, as a way to refine and understand how I can have an impact on people um, in a much bigger way. And along the way, you have, I don't know if you have to, it's more fun if you're able to be successful in the business side of it because it gives you resources and time in a way that allows you to advance the things and the people that you really care about. I absolutely loved everything that you, you have mentioned. I think there's a lot of um, younger people out there. I mean, including myself, I'm like 32, 33 and I'm starting to begin to see um, even in my twenties, I'm like, I need to rush, rush, rush to get things done. But it's also, you have to sit back and appreciate the experiences. You have to appreciate the learning moments. You have to appreciate those things because you'll be able to bring those later on in life, the next position, their next relationship, whatever that may be. Um, and being confident in yourself and making sure that you have um, a balance. And I, and I, and I think that listeners, and I picked this up is that you have a very astute um, reflection points of view and what you talk about. And I think that is an example of um, what leaders should be doing in the sense that, Yes, I want to succeed. I want to do this. But then there's also, I need to govern it well. I need to find the balance within things. And I and that's the thing is no one's perfect. We're all still learning. It's all about experiences. And, you know, that's kind of the beauty of everything. You know, it's the beauty of like, how can we adapt to things? And, and there's just some beautiful moments, even with the pandemic and everything too, that I have seen in the business community and individuals of how people have changed for the better or people have helped other people to change for the better. And so um, you, you've laid some uh, some light about yourself. And so this part of the episode is about you. And, and you've hinted on some things, but, you know, what's kind of the thing, you know, for work when you get up in the morning, what is what is that inspiration? What is that passion? What is the, you know, a few things that go through your mind in the sense of this is why I love what I do. Well, I think the thing that I'm uniquely gifted at um, is making complex situations really easy to understand. And so as a, I think there's a lot of um, really productive forms and phases of leadership. But as a leader, I think that's the thing that I do. I think I bring simple clarity to 
the things that I'm a part of. I also have found one of the things I'm really a superpower of mine is I'm able to build leaders. And that's really what I spend my day doing is those two things. I lead. And really what that means is not necessarily like up in the front of the room every time, but I'm helping to create clarity for the people and the problems around me so that they can, we can have velocity in those things that we're building. And I build leaders. So those people that um, are inside of element three that I know can and or are, can, or will be leaders. I spend a lot of time with them. Um, the people who run the day-to-day of Element 3, I spend a lot of time with them. Boards that I'm on, I spend a lot of time with them. And I am helping to take the observations, experiences, things that others have taught me, and helping them just increase the flywheel of their decision-making, their implementation, their execution, their excellence, so that the things that they're leading can gain momentum. Um, and we can learn well together. So I really feel like I was put on this earth to do those two things and uh, to build things that grow so that people have the opportunity to grow. And this idea of learning life through the laboratory of business, like I see myself as patient one in my own little world and helping to find observations and to push people into growth and to give them opportunities. You know, they want to pee their pants or they're scared. Um, to show them that I have confidence in them, to show them that they do have the resources, they do know the people, like we can figure it out together. And that brings me tremendous confidence. You're a guiding leader rather than a telling leader. And I and I really appreciate that. I that people would say that. Yeah, that's probably you, true. you guide them. You, I mean, you're testing it on yourself and then you're like, okay, um, this is what I've learned from this. And then you're kind of just observe. And, I, and I, that's... I, I do know one of your employees well. He's a good friend of mine, and I've interviewed him before about Element Three and that kind of stuff too. And I can see—I just over the last few years, I've seen a professional growth in him too, um, just with a lot of things. And so, I mean, that's just true testament. You just basically verified, like, solidified, you know, what was what was going on from the progression that I've seen. Um, so you're doing a lot of helping. You're doing a lot of testing. How do you unwind? What are some hobbies and health things that you do in order to live more of a balanced life? Um, well, before I go into that, I'll say that I um, I don't actually, um, I, I sometimes struggle with even the question about a balanced life. I think most people who would look at my life would say it's wildly unbalanced. Um, by like traditional definition of it, and yet it feels incredibly balanced to me. So one of the things I would say to listeners is I just want to bring into consciousness for everyone is be careful that we don't place our own definition of balance into other people's lives around us. Um, it it um, it used to frustrate me that people would tell me that I need to slow down. And I have learned that I don't need to in the same way that I think some people do. And I don't I don't mean to say like I'm a race car that never has to get refueled, but my refueling as such an extrovert looks very busy to other people. Um, but it's how I it's how I fill myself up. So um I I we have four kids and my husband is on the road a fair amount. So my evenings are very busy, but just being with my kids certainly recharges me. I really love to cook. You said in my 
opening thing that, uh, you know, I'm waiting for the day the Food Network calls me to be on Chopped. Um, and that is a way to serve my family, but it also is just a great creative outlet for me. I love to eat, love good food. I love to entertain. I love to serve. And so that is a real creative release for me. Um, and then as I get older, let's say I'm increasingly more disciplined with exercise. Um, I had a baby at 40, and so I want to be alive till I'm 100. So I have work to do to make sure that I do what I can. Um, to make sure that I'm healthy. And so I, I do really enjoy that. Uh, nicer months, I run with friends really early in the morning as a way to kind of have relationship and physical connection in that way that kind of like stacks a bunch of priorities, people I love, and also moving my body. So I've learned to be really efficient with those things, making sure I'm staying close relationally to my core people. Um using my hobby of cooking to serve my family. And so that kind of like checks through boxes. Um, and then, you know, we love to travel. The COVID era and just the first couple of years of having a baby, it's kind of a, more the penalty box than the fun box when you take a baby on a trip. Um, and so we haven't traveled as much as we normally do um, the last couple of years. Um, we love to ski as a family and do some things like that. So, um, you know, I, I don't, don't have, um, I would say I have simple disciplines that I hang on to very tightly. Mine is not like a really rigorous, the same 40, you know, I have the same 45 minutes every day I wake up. My life doesn't roll like that. Um, kids get up at different times. I may have to stay up really late to finish something. And so I have learned to be guided by a few things. Like I work out a minimum of three times every week. That might happen Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That might happen Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It might happen Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Like I just have had to learn to be really flexible in the way that it ex gets executed every week um, because there are so many moving parts in my life with my husband maybe being home, maybe being gone, like maybe needing to leave the house early, maybe needing to not. Maybe my kids have early practices I have to run them to. Maybe they don't. Like maybe they have to be at Grand Park a half hour away. Maybe we're home. Like. There's just a lot of variables every day and not beating myself up when it doesn't happen the same way every week, but making sure that the things I've decided do get done, it just is in a different combination <laughs> over and over again. I like that. It's not regimented. It is a flow. I think that is, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Is. I mean yeah. And, and I and I love that how you articulated that because I think there's a lot of listeners out there that are like, I have to get up at six and work out and do this. And some people are good about their regimentation and they, they have the time to kind of do that. But then there's other people who they have, they have to, they have got a lot on their plate. And so how do they, it's not even balanced, but you're right. It's how do you kind of manage? How do you figure everything out? And I love that how you talk about simple disciplines in the sense that I've, here's the, here are the simplicity of things that I need to get done this week. And it might happen today. It might happen tomorrow, whatever that may be. And so I think it, pretty, it perfectly sums up, Tiffany, how you practice what you preach in the sense that you are, you are serving other people. You are helping other people through professionally, personally, you know, whether it's work, cooking, family, whatever that may be. And it's just, you know, even just throughout this whole episode, I have just noticed 
um, patterns and connections, just being authentically you. And I think there's a lot of Converge Coffee listeners out there that are going to really appreciate that and really appreciate your perspective on brand and that it's just not, you know, the work that's being produced, but it's the foundational steps of how is the internal team, what are our values in order to match the values of who our customers are to help their customers. And so, Tiffany, thank you so much. I really enjoyed um, this episode, learning more from you. I know that we've um, kind of know each other through the indie community, but we've never actually sat down and really chatted. I think there might have been one time where it was um, with Joe Mills when he owned that gym uh, with Summit, and we we did Murph, and I think we said hi to one another uh, in a pass-by while we were super exhausted. But um, I really appreciate your perspective. And I think a lot of other people will appreciate that too. So thank you so much. You're welcome, Sean. Thanks for having me on. And to all the Converge Coffee drinkers out there, that's a wrap.